a global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another Juicy Podcast. I am so excited that Tamira Lucas, who is Dr. Lucas, by the way, is joining us today from Baltimore. Good morning. Good morning. All the way from Baltimore. (laughs) And I don't know if y'all know this, but Tamira was a speaker at Juicy this year. She absolutely was a hit. So I had to call her up and record her. And just in case you don't know, she is the founder of The Cube Cowork. She is a professor. She is an entrepreneurial advocate. And my favorite that I'm going to ask about later is she is a social change agent. Like, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear about that. (laughs) But I always start the same way in every GC podcast because I like to remind us that we're human. I want to know how you are, like not how your business is. How are you? Well, I appreciate that question, Liz, because we all know being an entrepreneur and I'm a mother, I'm a wife and I'm everything to everybody. And it's not very often someone will ask me how I'm doing. And I have to say, I'm much better these days. We all know that we've been through probably like the longest two years of our lives, everyone. And so just being able to kind of almost come out on the other side of that, feeling great, I make sure that I take care of my mental health and I in my overall wellness. And so focusing a lot on myself and my wellness has ultimately helped me one, be good and and feel good right now, but also be a little bit better for my business. Yeah, I totally hear you. I fully admit trying to pull off a juicy in 60 days and going through some crazy stuff in my family. I got away from my my physical health. I was okay mm-hmm. on my mental health, but I've just launched back into daily yoga, daily walks, and it's just been three days and I already <laughs> feel so much better. And I'm making oh better food choices because I feel better. Oh my God, it's been three days for me with my whole like back on exercising Uh regimen too. So we're on the same (laughs) way. Well, and I mean, that's part of it too, is, you know, you can start at any time. Like you can be off the rails today and, you know, anytime you can be like, you know what, I can start right now. So I love that, that we're both doing that at the same time. Amazing. So how is your business doing, the the Cube business? I know you have many, but how is the Cube? (laughs) The Cube is growing. It's thriving. I'm actually very excited about all of the possibilities of how we're walking into 2022 and really implementing our scaling um, strategies. And so I I sit back, like I'm in a space right now, which is kind of funny because I don't always work from this space because I get more work done actually at home because they, you know, people want to talk to the owner a lot. Yeah. Uh, So, but I, every time I'm here, I'm just like, wow, my sister and I built this from the ground up literally. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just can't believe that through an entire pandemic, we were able to really expand in the magnitude that we did, mm-hmm. um, but not just expand, you know, in space, really sp- expand in impact. And I think that's what I'm looking more forward to for 2022 is the impact that we're going to have now that we've kind of 
ramped up our growth strategy in this one location. Um, and so I'm just, I, I am overall like floored that this is actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. After meeting you, I'm not at all. <laughs> And so I have so many questions now just based off of that. But I think the first one is, can you tell us a little bit more about your scaling? Well, you know what? Let's take it back first. A lot of people don't know that your space is a little bit different in a really great way. Can you tell us a little bit about how the Cube is different from most traditional co-working spaces? Yes. So the Cube offers on-site babysitting services. And so we created the Cube um, out of necessity for ourselves, but the community that we were building with mothers, we saw that there, and we know that there's a huge gap in around the United States period and probably beyond, I mean, other countries as well, with moms being able to effectively work while raising their children. And I don't want to really use the terminology balance because there's really no full balance, but it's being able to maneuver between the two roles and doing it in a way where you're not feeling guilty and or overwhelmed. And so we wanted to create a space where mothers did not have to choose their business over their families or their families over their business. And so we implemented babysitting services. So it's just like your gym where you will go and work out and drop your kid off in the play area or at Ikea because Ikea does have like a little play area. Um, so it's very, very similar to that model. It is not childcare. And so I know that's always a huge question of like, well, how are you doing this and keeping the cost so low? It's because it's exactly that. It's a babysitting service. And so childcare, you're providing like formal education and you are, you know, required to follow the different childcare laws and things that are out there. With babysitting, it's just like, hey, can you watch my child for a second? And the parents have to stay on site. So they just can't drop off their child and like go and do whatever they need to do. We would love to do that. But right now it's, you have to be on our site in order to utilize the babysitting service. And when we originally started, uh, we honestly thought like, oh, we were going to revolutionize the way that people co-work or mothers co-work. And we probably are revolutionizing the way that we're doing it because a lot of the other co-working spaces that offer such a service, they still was offering childcare services. And I knew that I didn't want to get in the childcare industry. I had I've done a little bit work in the childcare industry. And that's just not something that I wanted to do or be bound by the regulations of the childcare industry. But I also wanted to make sure that I'm reducing the cost that parents are paying. The cost of childcare, traditional childcare, you can literally buy a Honda Accord or a Honda Civic every single year for the amount that you're going to pay in childcare. And can you imagine trying to start a business as a mother, paying childcare, there's really, and living below the poverty level. Because if we look at like what the income income levels are of women, especially women entrepreneurs, we barely honestly generate a profit that's going to help us just sustain our, our regular life versus having to pay for childcare. And so that's what the Cube does. We kind of reduce the cost, but also have a space where moms can um, prosper in their business and or their careers. Because we get moms that have careers. Mm -hmm. 
and are growing their careers that's working out of the space as well. So we have all of the bells and whistles of a traditional co-working space. So we have private offices, we have an event space and meeting rooms, but our value proposition here is that we offer the babysitting service. Well, and I am here to tell you as somebody who sees it as their full-time job to study this industry, and I have been for 12 years now, um, you are revolutionizing it. Absolutely. (laughs) Because... Before this, there was only one childcare, a women's run childcare business that was thriving and did for a long time. And that was their door in London. And sadly, Mm -hmm. they had to close their doors during the pandemic. There are lots and lots of co-working spaces with childcare. But whenever anyone would approach me and say, hey, I want to add childcare, I would be like, whoa, 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 do the research because they're very rarely successful and able to Mm -hmm. scale. And what you did was you identified that really what was needed was babysitting. And as a, like a woman, I, you know, when I was deciding whether I wanted to continue in corporate America and have a baby and have a nanny raise that baby, or because I was single, or I could get a dog and be an entrepreneur and travel the world. (laughs) That was a choice I had to make. I could not do both. I knew that. So I chose dog travel entrepreneur. And (laughs) You know, that's not a choice I want other women to have to make. Like, I'm not saying you can do it all because I don't I don't really like that um, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, we're all totally working towards being our best selves and balance is not achievable. But like, I applaud you for finding this niche and, and really helping differentiate it in our industry. I recently did a poll post juicy and asked people what amenity they were adding for the first time ever. You know what came up? Child care, babysitting. Babysitting, not child care, babysitting. (laughs) (laughs) And that's you. Yes. Yeah. And it was cool at the Juicy. I did get, um, you know, a lot of individuals to reach out to learn more about how we created this Mm -hmm. model. And I honestly, you know, didn't think of it at that that way of like, oh, we're leading in this industry because I was solely, I was really, really focused on, you know, proving to people. Yeah, solving a problem and proving to people that said that I couldn't solve this problem. And if there's anything that I am going to take a challenge on, it's someone telling me what I can't do and why I can't do it. And so I just knew that we had to be creative in the way that we delivered it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Coworking operators, listen up. Activate a reliable revenue stream with zero risk. Anytime Mailbox, the leading virtual mailbox provider, drives new virtual mailbox signups to your location while you sleep. That's right. Anytime spends thousands in digital marketing to drive signups to their operating partners every day. And their dedicated operator support teams make setup a cinch. Take advantage of anytime digital marketing. It's free to your business. The only risk is not jumping on this opportunity now. Check out anytimemailbox.com. So here's another thing that um, I'm not hearing a lot. And I would love to hear more about your scaling strategy. Because, you know, one of the things we've been challenging co-working operators with is we're like, okay, you've got some extra time right now while you're not that busy because of a global pandemic. You know, where's your next location? How are you going to scale? How are you going to hire people? Like, And so I would love to hear more about your scaling strategy. If you don't mind. No, I don't mind. So we had always envisioned, you know, the queue being in, you know, different locations. And so 
as the pandemic came, of course, we were all in a space of, well, should we continue to move on? I mean, we weren't really like, we were losing money, but we were still able to be sustainable just based off of the model that we created. And so now we're looking in different areas that we know that the need is strong based off of the numbers of how many women-owned businesses is in certain areas. But if I tell you how many people reach out to me mm-hmm. on a like a weekly basis, it's like, is are you going to bring this here? And mm-hmm. so we're really trying to be extremely strategic in the way that we're going to scale. So one of the things that we're doing now is we're going to purchase the building that we're currently in. Like right now, we don't Bravo. own the building that we see that there's an opportunity there with purchasing the actual real estate that we're going to be in. And so we are now finally, I never thought that I would actually say this, but we are raising capital. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) I never thought that we would be going into this trajectory, but we're doing it this way because one, like I said, owning the real estate actually brings some other benefits, but also looking at different opportunity zones throughout the United States. We know that we're in Baltimore city. We've all, we didn't start in Baltimore city, but we've always wanted to be in Baltimore city um, because we know, we knew that there was a stronger need there. And so we're looking at cities similar to Baltimore to bring our space there and to fulfill the need that's there. I mean, I mean, some of the cities that we're definitely looking at, it's like Atlanta, you know, Chicago, mm-hmm. those areas so that we can surely address the need that's there. And so again, our growth strategy is not just focusing one, like we know the need of babysitting services is is there. We know that co-working and babysitting is not something that's, you know, very common. And so we're looking at this as a two-way thing. Are we going to solely open up new locations and we're still deciding like how we're going to maneuver in these cities? Or are we going to activate the services in some of the co-working spaces that already exist to provide the babysitting services? Mm. So there are two ways that we are looking at this in a very strategic way. Because right now, like we're being asked to be all over the state of Maryland. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) we can't be in every city or county in in Maryland. But we definitely want to make sure that we're in the areas that has the strongest need, but Mm. also that we can strategically maneuver into as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, it's so it's a, I love that you're buying a building. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) And I think, um, you know, real estate slash co-working slash babysitting slash female run slash opportunity zone is a fantastic strategy. And I imagine if you get this in front of the right people, you will absolutely get funding. And if you need any help or any visibility, please let us know because I love that. I think that's like a home run. I appreciate that. And we will definitely be calling you. (laughs) (laughs) And you should also talk to another person we've interviewed on the podcast, Felina Hansen. She did a licensing model, which I think is really smart. Franchising is very expensive. And then she also kind of placed a Hera hub inside of a common grounds. Mm -hmm. So she's already done that. So definitely reach out to Felina. And like, you know, that is my favorite thing about this industry is we're not competitors. We are collaborators and we're here to help each other. And she will absolutely take your call and help you in any way she can. Just like... Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing about the industry. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things too, Liz. I have to say that everyone has extremely like 
collaborative. So I love that. Yeah. And like, that's part of the reason we continue to do Juicy is we feel like we can help with that and we can continue to proliferate that across the globe because I don't know any other industry that works like this. So I love it. Okay. So back to you. So I know that you have like a lot of the regular stuff that any co-working space has. And I know you have babysitting, but, and maybe that's enough, right? But one of the things that we're definitely seeing as a trend in 2022 is, you know, there's so many choices out there for people right now. There's so many new brands coming to the market. Like, are there any other things that you're doing to differentiate your brand or any exciting amenities that you're considering either in sustainability or health and wellness or just curious because it's kind of a buzzy thing right now? So that's a great question. And we are actually working to really kind of bring more mom-focused programming and events. So I stayed away from focusing on those areas for a while because I really was trying to do capacity building and kind of building out this unique model. And so now we're looking at how do we really build that mom community of supporters and not just supporting of the cube, but supporting of each other. And we see that that's a huge issue, especially among Black moms. There, there, there aren't many communities that have been extremely sustainable, specifically for moms. So we now have the space and the capacity to do so. And that was another thing. We didn't focus on building that community because originally we were only 1,200 square feet. So we didn't have that much space to like cultivate programming and events. Now at 15,000 square feet in the whole event space, we can literally uh, ramp up a lot of programming and be kind of the epicenter in different cities for mom entrepreneurs. Currently, we're partnering with Morgan State University and their Women's Business Center to really uh, provide programming for moms. And so we are looking to really like scale that up in different ways. And I mean, I've always had an organization for those that don't know called Moms as Entrepreneurs, which is now the National Association of Mom Entrepreneurs. And so with mixing with that organization and the space of the cube, we're going to be doing a lot around community building for moms. I love that. I love that. And I I love that you're working on so many things in parallel. So can you tell us more about being a social change agent? What is that? How do I become one? I'm in. <laughs> So I personally define social change social change agent yeah, as a, a person <laughs> it is as a person that is really shifting like the the attitudes and values of um, society in addressing social problems. And I think for me, when I started um, really focusing on mom entrepreneurs, there was literally no one out there really focusing on mom entrepreneurs. I promise you, we did a lot of research almost 10 years ago. It's been almost 10 years since we wow. started Moms as Entrepreneurs. And so it it was really a thing. People weren't really paying attention to the actual needs of what these mothers needed, right? Especially in low-income areas and in places like Baltimore City. And so as a social change agent, it's my responsibility to help shift the attitudes and the and the values and actions of others to think about how we address the social problems that are going on. And, and not that the only problem that I'm focusing on are moms. There are many problems that I focus on around entrepreneurship. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm an advocate for entrepreneurship where 
where whether I'm um, educating returning citizens on entrepreneurship or I'm educating students on entrepreneurship. I think it's my responsibility as a social change agent to really change the way society sees some of the, the social problems. And it's hard. It is extremely hard, especially when you're passionate about mm-hmm. something and mm-hmm. you have people that just don't care, right? Like, yeah. okay. It doesn't impact me. But the thing mm-hmm. about moms is that none of us would, would exist without them. And yeah. so if we don't really pay attention to the needs of mothers and how they've been overlooked for ever. I mean, we know the gaps in women when we come think about like women paying, you know, and those type of things like it's worse when you are a mother and you're balancing mm-hmm. like all of this stuff and you still have to understand like whatever you do is going to impact your children. And so I have dedicated my entire life to really be that social change agent in the way that people are looking at the discrepancies that mothers face. Mm, That is so powerful. I love it. And, you know, it's the people that believe they can change the world that actually do. I appreciate that. And it's hard. It's extremely hard. Like I I do not for one second think I can take credit for this in any way, but I absolutely, you know, one of the things I advocated for, for a really long time, and I still am is um, mental health, right? Yes. And it's become a mainstream thing. And I mean, it makes me so happy. Because like, it's so, so, so important. And, you know, it was interesting. I was listening to the founder of Airbnb on a podcast and he was asked, what's the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur? And his response was the loneliness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like all the way, like, you know, it's it's just fascinating to me that even if you're just a little entrepreneur with one little thing or one of the top entrepreneurs in the world, you still feel lonely. Yep. That is absolutely right. And honestly, you know, I really don't want people to feel that way. I want to be, I want people to be able to have a community that they could rely on and depend on. It is lonely. Some of us don't have, you know, like family members to help Mm -hmm. us along the way, or, you know, some people don't even have friends. And so I, I am, I create that, you know, I want people Mm -hmm. to feel that they are part of something and that they actually matter no matter where they come from, what they look like, right? Like you belong and you can get the help. I think people are so amazed of my willingness to really help, even at the level of like everything that I have going on. I still take time out my day to help someone that has a question or connect someone with a resource. And I think at the end of the day, our world could be a much better place if we had many selfless people, right? Like we have to be. Yeah. And I mean, I think co working spaces can really move the needle on loneliness because absolutely it's, it's a place to come and identify and be around other people. And like, I remember whenever I was training people, I was like, your number one thing is when somebody walks into that space, you look at them in the eye and you acknowledge them as a human and you say, hello. Like there's yep. so many people that just don't feel seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. And the other thing that I think is something in our industry we need to be looking into is, 
you know, diversity and inclusivity and sustainability and like how we can do better as an industry by, you know, lifting up people and inviting people into our space and, you know, really also addressing the environment, you know, what, what can you, because it just takes a bunch of people deciding that it's important and then it moves the dial. Yep. I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And so looking forward to 2022, I'm really like fingers crossed, toes crossed, hoping that we can finally put this pandemic in the rear view mirror and that 2022 does become the roaring 2022s. <laughs> and um, I'm curious how you're feeling about 2022. I am very optimistic about 2022. It's so crazy. Like, I, you know, normally when you have like this big vision, you're a little fearful and I'm not scared of anything right now. Mm. Um, I think that there's going to be endless opportunities out there, but I think it's just going to be the year, like you said, the roaring 2022. I think it's just going to be a year of like growth yep. and helping create g- generation wealth in, in my community. And I'm just looking mm. forward to it. And I'm looking forward to con- continually to expand and my platform and getting people to really know what we are doing and how we're doing it and hopefully inspiring others to step out and do what they want to do and how they want to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you, you're inspiring. There's no two ways about it. Thank (laughs) you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm here to tell you, I've been bumping around Austin, Texas this week, looking at different co-working spaces. And I don't know about Baltimore, but in Austin, it is back. I mean, the spaces are buzzing. The offices are full. Events are happening. It feels so good. Yes. It is. Is it like that in Baltimore right now? It is like that in Baltimore. I have to say, um, I was meeting with my marketing team yesterday um, for 2022. And I was just like, we didn't do any marketing really in 2021. And yet we are 90% full with office spaces and our event spaces booked until 2022. And so it's coming back. I'm excited. I think that's what I'm most excited about is really implementing marketing strategies and being like almost over capacity um, mm-hmm. in the space because we are, um, we're busting out the seams. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's crazy that this space is so large, but I feel like we need more space. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you, you, you've got to go buy another building. Like don't just buy one, <laughs> buy like two or three girl. Oh, I'll take four. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, if you dream it, you can make it happen. I appreciate that. I really do. I'm super excited. I'm super excited for you guys. Like you all have built such an amazing community and I'm so happy to be part of it. And so any way that you need me, don't feel like you can't reach out. Oh, thank you. I totally will. You know me, I make those phone calls. But yeah, we're super excited about 2022. We're holding off on announcing any dates yet, but we're looking at dates. We're looking at doing three conferences around the world and also bringing out some new products. And so yeah, more to come, much more to come. But thank you so much for sharing your time and your energy and your voice today. You are such an inspiration and I can't wait to watch your ride. 
Oh, thank you so much, Liz. And thank you to the Juicy family for listening to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned. We've got a little bit more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Juicy podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and like. We'll be back soon with more Juicy podcasts. In the meantime, be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter on gcuc.co. Have a great day. Ciao.